Welcome to another edition of Practical Reliability, insights on the practical implementation of holistic reliability, brought to you by Reliability X, the DNA of success. I think the culture of using analysis, analytics, to drive decisions. Mm. A lot of people believe in their own experience and tribal knowledge and we believe that it has to be augmented with the data. Yeah. And granted, you may not have the perfect data. Most companies don't have perfect data. But we think is there is a starting point and you got to do a what we call it as analytics improvement spirals. So you implement maybe a small function, get it right, get the data aligned correctly, do the analytics, improve, then go to the next step. So and that, I think that helps justify, right? So, absolutely. So if you can't immediately bank. justify uh, aligning all your records in four systems and getting, you know, big analytical, start in one of those systems, right. analyze data, make an improvement, and say, hey, look what we can do with this, right. and then begin to justify the growth of that. Absolutely. We think it's a top-down and a bottom-up approach. Yep. Top-down is to kind of have a vision where we want to go from an IT standpoint, from the overall organizational analytics footprint point of view but the building is has to be bottom-up it has to be brick by brick function by function role by role responsive and once you do that you will get three things your data will keep improving analytics itself will get more sophisticated as you go and the third thing which I think is the most important is the change in culture to rely on the analytics to drive right, right. what you said earlier yeah. Absolutely. There's nothing wrong with having a gut instinct, but back it up with information, Absolutely. right? So, and, and that's one of the reasons that maintenance initiatives fail significantly is we don't talk business. We promote from within. So you were a maintenance technician, you became a planner, you became a maintenance manager. You know, suddenly you're sitting in a room with people fighting over budget money and you don't know how to speak right. because you, you've never been trained in that. You don't know. And everybody else is bringing data, right? The, the engineering head is an analytical guy, analytical person, and they're focused sure. on data. And the, the plant managers, uh, you know, uh, even the operations manager, uh, whether they are analytically mind thinking or not, they're still looking for data to make choices right. because they've learned that, you know, business management is about being effective and efficient at meeting your objectives. Right. And you've got to prove those things out. Right. Um, and so here comes the maintenance manager sits down and they're going, you know, this thing's a piece of crap. We should have a capital project to replace it. And they may be right, right. but there's no data to back right. up. And right. so, and so, you know, it, it becomes an afterthought because it's not a headache to anyone else in the room. Right. So it, they believe it's just a perceived headache because there's right. no data. The, yeah, I, I totally agree. And uh, I've been, do, we have been doing some research on how people make decisions in these larger companies or, <laughs> the magic eight ball. <laughs> so, Dice, magic eight ball, and, dartboard. And, and what do you got? I, I, I think uh, it's it's interesting. A lot of people rely on their gut. A lot of rely on their how the organization have been practicing. Yeah, good or bad. This is what we do. Right? Yeah, this yeah. is what we yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the third thing is they are very defensive in making a lot of these decisions. So they're not really trying to be aggressive in anything because they, they don't have confidence in their own decision. And we also think that a lot of these meetings are an expensive, expensive meetings for a company. If you're doing your weekly meetings and if you have 30 planners and you have 30 meetings and you drag it by even, if we can save 20 minutes, make a good decision 
and get that picture and drive some actions, 20 minutes multiplied by 30 minutes, that's a lot of minutes for an organization. Right. We did some study and if it's a 10 people company, sorry, 10 people or 8 people uh, meeting can be seven, eight hundred dollars in an one hour. Right. Even if you take simple hundred dollars per hour, right. it could be more. Times a weekly meeting the, and for each topic. At each topic. Times each topic, right? So now you're at, you know, you're in 10 meetings a week. That's costing the company a thousand dollars a pop because you don't have enough information. Yeah. And even yeah. after that, you will say, "Let me get back to you." Right. Uh, let me check. I will. Uh, you know, right. I don't have the. Inf- I didn't come prepared, so I don't have the information. Right. So, Meanwhile, in an analytical scenario, right, they're logging in to manage their work every day, right, and you're meet. You know, the only time you need a meeting is when the dashboard for the your manager says there's a red flag inside George's organization yeah. Yeah. because he's not handling his crap, right? right? But me, I'm logging into my dashboard. I see the things that are within my control and that I'm measured by, and I can take actions on them. Right. And my boss just sees a dashboard of everybody else's red and greens right. and decides, you know, what's, yeah. what's going Actually, on. Actually, true. And most of the time, we go to our bosses to reconfirm what we are doing or we need yeah. some input from him, yeah. or we have to explain something. Yeah. And that's a hard task if you have to just kind of keep saying it in words. When you present it with the help of data, I think it's a it's much more powerful story. No doubt. And the story becomes a lot more convincing as you start digging and aligning all your analysis to support that. And you, you can always give some judgmental things to complement whatever the analysis you are doing. But we believe that a lot of uh, analysis can be used as a knowledge management tool. So if you hit a similar problem again, what did we do last time? What and how did we make that decision? Right, so right. there are a lot of these, and I'm not talking about the SOPs and that sort of thing, but I think you can complement how we generally made those decisions. And if we hit that problem, what did we do last time? And that analysis can be repeatable. So the next time that can become an SOP or you can add it into the SOP. Yeah, no doubt. So, so uh, all right. So you touched on a topic earlier that I want to brush on a little bit. Talk to me about Industry 4.0 and, and what does that mean, not only for basic industry practice, but what does that mean from an analytical perspective? Uh, I, I think what we are seeing is there is a lot of hype in the industry on Industry 4.0, there is IIoT, uh, there is all this big data, analytics, AI, machine learning. So I think they all will complement, but sometimes I wonder, we are not even doing basics, right? So we think that you gotta have two pathways. You should continue to do basics, right? And start exploring the additional tools and technologies and AI and you know all these, uh, uh, algorithm-based decisions, etc., the predictive analysis, prescriptive analysis, all of that, I think is, uh, is something we should continue. But if you really look at the PF curve, a lot of these AI and predictive analytics is really looking at the later part of that failure. Most of it is really designed for equipment failure, most of the algorithm. And I think there is much more to it. Uh, there is a culture side of it, the practices side of it, the best practices that goes, the policies, how what your procedures are defined, all of that really drives the culture of that organization. And that I think is missing from these, just the uh, 
just a point solutions of an IoT giving you a signal for when the asset is going to fail or you need to change oil. Yeah, that's that's absolutely good. It's like all these other technologies. But I think the core of basic analytics, the blocking and tackling and doing all of that is still required. I think, you know, from my perspective, what I see is this. I, th I think those technologies will ultimately be uh, very valuable. And I believe that they will change the industry in terms of how we manufacture things and what our product quality looks like Absolutely. significantly on a product quality right. side. Uh, however, I agree with you. I think that we're still not cleaning the machine and we're still using OEM recommended maintenance. Right. The, what's the, what's another light that's flashing telling me the things about the fact? <laughs> True. You, you, know, you know what I mean? Like that yeah. it, there's, it's, it's important. We need to be aware of it. We need right. to understand it. We need to uh, apply it where it makes sense. Yeah. But we can't let it become five-year-old soccer where we're distracted from what's happening over here because we're all following the, the shiny ball over on the one side. So I think there's a certainly, certainly an application for those technologies Absolutely. and a massive benefit to industry manufact in the in the industry of manufacturing. Um, but I think we've got to have a little bit of a reality check in terms of our data quality, in terms of our general practices. Like right. I said, we're not even cleaning the machines right. right. Um, we should focus getting those right. things done. I agree, absolutely. Right. And I think to complement what you just said, if, I think all these technologies will absolutely make it more sophisticated. It will reduce some repeatable situations. Yep. Quality. Yeah. Go quality. Go right after exactly. quality. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 you know, it will kind of uh, help you with limiting your usual stuff that you need to do. And I think the technology is great. We should use it. We can also bring all this data together, the operations data, all of that, and look at some patterns, look at the failures, yeah. all of that. And I think that will also evolve. But unfortunately, today, I have a little different opinion that wherever we have done these type of predictive modeling, we have not been very successful. And the primary reason is the data is not correctly aligned. Uh, the sensor data, uh, maybe older technology, the way sensor data was yeah, if you're not completely replacing everything, right. brand new sensors, yes. here's everything so you need. So you try to, yeah. yeah. So the other thing we also saw it is, if you look at a standard FMEA for a certain piece of equipment, out of that failure modes, if you have 20 failure modes, how many sensors are you going to have to actually address all those failure modes? And, and even then, you have, you know, you have an FMEA that says... Uh, alarm goes off, machine shuts down. Alarm goes off, machine shuts down. Alarm goes off, machine shuts down. So, so that sensor is not telling you much other than I had an event and I'm down. Right. And so it's not fixing the issue. Right. And if it's looking for machine failure, you know, it, it's not going to, it's just going to have trouble, say, maintenance is not typically our problem right. in terms of machine output. Right. You know, usually right. there's a bunch of setup issues and cleanliness yeah, lot issues, and lots of process the issues. Bias. We're putting, you know, we're putting bad raw materials in. There's all kinds of things. Right. I think if IIoT is focused in those areas, oh, like you've sorry. set up a machine to, to accept a box based on this width and you just loaded me with boxes that are wider than that. Or, and I'm going to crush the boxes and not make them right. right. But every day that happens in manufacturing. We don't set up the box maker right. We put in boxes that are out of spec. One of those two things results in bad, you know, like I'm having trouble running boxes through my machine. Right. IIoT, I, my interpretation of where the most value is, is in 
immediately going, you know what? Now, shut down and get this set up right. Got it. And, and get the machine, you know, put in the places it needs to be put in right. for the product we're about to run. You know, I, we had an interesting situation. There were these large pharma companies and uh, we worked with this maintenance manager and he was always on the receiving end why the production they couldn't meet. And so now he had a challenge to prove that it's not just machines issue. So then we did a study and we kind of captured all that data for over six months. Then we realized the point that you just brought up, almost only 30% of the time was due to the machine related issue. Yeah. Everything else contributed to that downtime. And I think you brought up and your company also does a lot of work on downtime uh, management and how do we uh, you know, improve that or reduce the downtime. And I think absolutely that's where the uh, I think biggest benefit can be by these technologies. For these every little thing that is a downtime event, if you do a FMEA on the downtime event, not not the machine failure, right? But almost same principle. And if you do all the YY analysis and do all that, like what your company does, I think that gives you a much different picture. I think that you know at some point we need to combine the process FMEA and the equipment FMEA because the equipment FMEA is saying how can we mitigate this from ever happening. Right. The process FMEA is saying, can I engineer it out? If not, alarm point, shut the machine down. <laughs> and, and that's the approach, right? Or they just put a line item and it says maintenance task. And there's nothing behind it. It just says maintenance task, right? Yeah, it's, a, it's a just a lot of... And I, I, to complement what we have seen in this example, the operator knew exactly where the machines were. Oh, of course. If you go talk to an operator... Absolutely. Right? They, they were... Pretty confident in their yeah. judgment and opinion. The challenge was there was no record of it. They the just like the maintenance manager going to senior leadership. The yeah. operator has no data to support their argument, right? right. And so everybody's going, yeah. "You're just an operator. You're right. Right. Go, yeah, go yeah, back yeah, to operating right. the machine." <laughs> Meanwhile, you're the one that can actually make the difference, right? I, I, yeah. I totally. Uh, you know, many a times I think they are smart. They, they know their stuff. Their machines pretty good. And that can be captured in a downtime of the process FMEA. And I think all this in the end, really, I, I think data analysis has to be used as a management tool, has mm. to be used to make decisions, has to be used to build best practices, avoid repeatable situations. And that's really... Take action. Uh, Take action, right? Absolutely. There has to be action behind what, what you're looking at. You know, you, you talked about alerts, you know, from the IoT standpoint. We also think analytics can create alerts. This is a repeatable situation. We have missed PM for the last three months or three times. Then that can even escalate the alerts. And that can also go up in the chain to yeah. make sure... We don't do that type of mistake. There is a lot of correlationship, a lot of descriptive statistics can be used to build these type of algorithms. We used to look at a, a lot of metrics. Um, now, of course, certainly they were lagging metrics. We were looking at um, schedule compliance and things right. of that nature. And we would we would look at the, the schedule compliance number, but then look at the percentage of hours it took to get that schedule compliance done. So... <laughs> Like how much of our time was on those scheduled work orders? Right. 
Because if it's taking us 60% of our time to get 90% of our schedule done, I'm overestimating the jobs in order to hit schedule compliance, right? So I think one of the key points from an analytical perspective is to validate the data. Because if you're only measuring schedule compliance, I look green, I'm great. Meanwhile, your per day work order completion has dropped down to one work order, but you're hitting hitting schedule compliance, right? Right. Right, right. And I think that these, those are the small nitty gritties that I was talking that uh, IT cannot understand. Right, they're and never the going to get that. Right. Users yep. need to articulate that right. and that's where our company really specializes because I think a lot of times these IT driven analytics implementation, they, they kind of provide basic uh, reporting but if you want to go smart reporting, you want to go to the root cause, you not want to do all these advanced level of uh, analysis, I think that requires a lot of experience. We have spent 20 years doing it with multiple companies, large, large companies, worked with a lot of smart people like yourself, and uh, we learned <laughs> we learned Somebody a lot. Behind me. <laughs> uh, so so we, we learned a lot, and uh, I think that's what the overall best practices analytics is what we provide. So, so that, what separates, what else, what else, what does your organization bring to the table um, that folks aren't going aren't gonna to get someplace else? Uh, I think many things, uh, but, but to, the, to say the list, I think the whole data quality assessment or improvement driven by analytics. So you focus on, a, first of all, you have to identify a problem. We use analytics to identify a problem. Then we also figure out how that problem is impacting in within your own organization. And then we come up with some solution option, which probably most of the time the operators or the managers or the concerned reliability engineers, they will come up with the solution option. But our job is to evaluate from a data standpoint. Right, validate that. Validate, look at the the potential ROI and is it worth doing it. So we can help evaluate multiple solution options. So that's the other side. And then once you decide to actually implement then analysis can help uh, to really strategize and plan that improvement. Right. Execute on that improvement. We have, you know, manage and monitor, sorry, monitor and manage type of analysis which can do that. For solutions, we do all optimization and simulation and optimization. If we are really doing alerts and identify an alert. So, and then if we are going further, so all of this is our company's specialization. Mm -hmm. We have three things that really distinguish ourselves in asset analytics. We have a toolbox, which has a lot of use cases, a lot of uh, IT type of data models, algorithms, uh, set programs. You have your whole history essentially documented, right? right, Everything you've ever done. All specifications, all of that, so that we can hand it over to IT and then they can manage it. The second thing is, we have is the methodology of going about an analytics project. We generally uh, guide large companies on what should be the roadmap and how can they reach that type of. So the whole methodology and we consider it's a repetitive uh, improvement spiral and that type of analytics really our approach is very unique. And the third thing is our team. Our entire company is just focused on analytics. So our reliability engineers, our data analysts, report developers, QA, project leads, uh, your uh, subject matter expertise, we believe all that is required to do a good 
implementation of analytics. And I think we are very unique. There are very few people in the industry do exactly what we do. I mean, there are a lot of people can do, but the tools and tech toolkits that we have that really gives right. us a jump start the process. Excellent. So um, anyway, I just want to thank you so much for coming on to the show you. today. Um, this has been extremely informative and hopefully the listeners got a better understanding of analytics sure. uh, in your organization uh, and you know certainly let us know if you want to come back on and and uh, and give us a better understanding of data and data quality or or get into one of these areas in a little bit more focus I think that would be really valuable um, and again thank you thank you for coming. we'll be happy to do that and I thank you for inviting and Thank you for all the folks watching the video. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks and uh, have a great day. For questions on this or any other topics, email us at ask at reliabilityx.com. This has been another episode of Practical Reliability brought to you by ReliabilityX, the DNA of success.